Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. Turn in your Bible to the book of Isaiah 61. The book of Isaiah in chapter 61. In Isaiah chapter 61, there's a statement here mentioned about the Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 1, Jesus Christ mentions this in the New Testament when he was talking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He says in verse 1, the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me. So you have the Trinity right there in that verse. The Holy Spirit, Lord God, Father. Upon me, son, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And the last part of that he didn't quote in the New Testament, but there's a reason. Now look down in verse 3. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion... To give unto them beauty for ashes, and the oil of joy for mornings, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Now remember that all the trees are cut down. Dust to dust, ashes to ashes. But God is able to miraculously bring beauty out of ashes. Look what else he says here in the last part of this verse. That they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. What he's talking about is because of Jesus Christ coming into the world, he was born, took on flesh, never committed a sin, and when God examined him, he had no cause for him to die. So of all the people born in all the world, there's only one that had no sin. And that was Jesus Christ. So God says that he's going to take the seed from this tree, Christ. And God said he's going to plant the seed. And he's going to bring beauty out of ashes. And it's going to be a tree of righteousness. God has another tree. So lo and behold, that's where you and I come in. You and I, when we um, realize from the scriptures that we're all sinners... We can't save ourselves, and there's no good works that we can do that will be good enough to get us to heaven. And if you had to live good to go to heaven, then you'd have to wait until you've done it to see if you made it. So you'd have to wait until you die. So how would anybody know now where they're going when they die if you're going to heaven because of your good works? You'd have to wait until you lived your whole life and then see whether or not at the end... Does my good outweigh my bad? 
See, it's not a matter of the good outweighing the bad. God won't have any bad at all. There's our problem. So God says you cannot save yourself. You need a Savior. So that's why when you trusted Christ as your Savior, when you believe He died and paid for your sins, God gave to you as a free gift everlasting life. Take your Bible and look there in the book of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. I want to show you two of uh, my favorite verses in the Bible. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 and you'll notice here in chapter 2, this is on page 1251. And you'll notice in verse 8, for by grace are you saved. Well, why would you have to be saved by grace? Because nobody can be saved by their works. There isn't anyone good enough. So it doesn't matter how good you are. You do not have any evidence that you're perfect. All the evidence is contrary to you being perfect. If I was to ask you this question... Have you ever done anything perfect? Are you perfect now? Do you perceive that in the future you will be perfect? No, because you have been a sinner, you are a sinner, and you will stay a sinner. Unless God intervenes. And lo and behold, that's where we are. So we have all the evidence that we need that we've all come short of God's perfection. So that's why the axe is laid to the root of the tree, and we're all going to be cut down. That's why... The wages of sin is death. Everyone's going to die. Now, Jesus Christ had the tree of righteousness, the fruit of righteousness, so he didn't have to die. Well, all the sins that we have done was put upon his tree. He died in our place, but God took that seed that was planted, and all those who believe in him, the payment he made is put to our account, and we can have a new birth. We become a new plant, born of God. Now here in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So you're not saved by your works. You are not kept saved by your works. So where does works come in? Well, after you trusted Christ as your Savior, it is the will of God that we do good works. See, look in verse 10, verse 10. He says, for we are his workmanship. You're not a self-made man. God performed this work. He's the one that saved you, gave you eternal life, made you his child. For we are his workmanship. Now get this, created in Christ Jesus. That means you have a new birth, born of God. And then the last part of it says, unto good works. So does God want you to bring forth good works? Yes, he does. Does everybody bring forth good works? No, they don't. Look at the last part of the verse where he makes a statement, hath before ordained that we should walk it. In other words, it is the will of God that all of God's children walk in good works. That's the book. But it is also the will of God, excuse me, that everybody trusts the Lord. God's not willing that any should perish. God wants everybody to be saved. So because that's what God wants, does everybody get saved? No. So do all of God's children serve the Lord? No. Some of God's children are obedient. Some of God's children are disobedient. But did you know our obedience to God is still boiled down to those still two great commandments? One is, do I still, do I love the Lord? And my love for the Lord is revealed by, do I love one another? So should I love one another? Why, yes. But am I loving anybody to get to heaven? No. For example, 
Let's take a man. A man has a wife. And let's say we're going to put him over here. Let's take another man and another wife. Let's put them over here. Now, this couple over here, they're saved. This couple over here, well, they're lost. They don't know the Lord. Can the lost man still love his wife? Do lost people, a lost man, does he love his wife? I think so. If they have kids, and they have kids, can the lost man, can he still love his kids? Over here we got a Christian. Can the, the saved man, will it be automatic? He will love his wife? If he has kids, will he automatic, will he love his kids? He can be a believer and not love his wife. He can be a believer and not love his kids. You can have a lost man over here who loves his wife and not be saved. And love his children and not be saved. So if you're looking for evidence whether or not a man is saved or not, if you looked at the evidence, you might say, they're lost and they're saved. Look who they are. This man, he takes his wife and children to church. Is that good or bad? That's good. That's good. Here's a saved man and a saved woman, and they don't go. This lost couple over here, they read their Bible and pray. And the Christian over here, he doesn't read his Bible and he doesn't pray. So who deserves to go to heaven? They don't deserve to go because you don't have to be good. You have to be perfect. So all of their good deeds don't get them to heaven. This is what blows people's minds. But this is what Jesus said. You don't get to heaven because of how good you are. You've got to be perfect and no one's perfect. You must trust Christ as your Savior. But if you looked at the evidence, there might not be any evidence that they love God or they love people. It just doesn't sound right. Did you know when he says, for by grace are you saved, this is what he's talking about. Nobody deserves to go to heaven. Well, why should they get to go and not them? Because they trusted Christ as their Savior and they didn't. Here you are sitting here this morning. It doesn't mean you're better or worse than anybody else. But some people might live better than you. But if you don't trust Christ as your Savior, see, you don't go to heaven. And that person you know that drinks and smokes and runs around and does all those bad things, but that man may have trusted Christ as his Savior, and he gets to go to heaven, and you go to hell. You say, well, it's not fair. We're not talking about that. You say, that's not, that's not worth it. We're not talking about that. We're talking about God. God, see, made salvation as a gift to whosoever would believe it. Anybody that would accept it. Now, let me show you something that most people really get all balled up about. Take your Bible and turn to the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. And you've got you to gotta stay with me now or you're, you're going to get mad at me. And I don't like people being mad at me. 1 Corinthians in chapter 2. See, if a man is not saved by his works, you cannot use works 
as the evidence of why he should be saved or go to heaven. You say, well, what about after you trusted the Lord? Well, after you trust the Lord, does that mean you're automatically going to serve the Lord? Let me kind of break that down for you. First Corinthians in chapter 2. I want you to notice there in verse 9. But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But, he makes a statement in verse 10, but God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. Yea, the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. So, when you trusted Christ as your Savior, you trusted Christ as your Savior, you were born of God from a incorruptible seed. See that tree over there? That's the new birth. That one over there, that's the old birth. When you still have sin in your life as a Christian, it's not a sign that tree does not exist. It is a sign that tree still does. Let me repeat that. You're a Christian. If you still have sin in your life, it's not a sign that one doesn't exist, the new birth. It's a sign the old one still does. You still have an old sinful nature. You still do things that you should not do. So while you're looking for the evidence, you might find nothing but the fruit of this old tree. Even though you can't see that birth. Why? Because you see, the new birth is a spiritual birth. You know that we just covered this morning in Sunday school talking about God. Immortal. The only immortal. The only king. Lives forever and all that. Well, this, this God never does anything wrong. Never makes a mistake. And when you trusted him as your savior, he gave you the free gift of eternal life. And as a child of God, we're supposed to learn from the Lord, the things that God wants us to learn so that we can do the things that we should do. But the evidence, we keep coming back to the evidence. What about you as a believer? Are there any signs that you're genuine? Keep us in mind. If we have the signs over here, we want to look at these evidences for this man. Or let's say that, okay, now he's a Christian. He ought to have some evidence in his life. Or what should those evidence be? Let's just list a few off the top of our head. Well, he ought to, he ought to go to church. And uh, he ought to love his wife and kids. And um, he ought to pay his debts. Um, he ought to read his Bible. He ought to pray. He ought to go Friday night sowing in. I mean, we just make a whole list over there. That if he's really saved, I mean, we ought to have something. You know, got to have something. But every bit of these evidences that we use must be something that the lost man can't do. Because if the lost man can do the same thing that the Christian can do, how does it prove he's saved? Because if that's the evidence that proves he's saved, why doesn't the same evidence prove he is? Can the lost man go to church, love his wife and love his kids? Can the lost man give money? Can the lost man pray? Go to church? Show me the evidence of what a Christian can do that a lost man can't do. You'll have fun. 
Because if it's the evidence that proves he's saved, it must also prove that the lost man is saved. So we've got to have something better than that. We have some evidence that's incontrovertible. I mean, you cannot dispute it. And it's all based upon the Word of God. God said so. Just a minute ago, I was talking about how that God is, well, He's invisible. Christ, when He came, was visible. But if He's invisible, and we are His children, born of the Spirit of God, your new birth is a birth of the Spirit. You can't see a spiritual birth. And in most cases, you'll never see the spiritual fruit. Even all of those that trust Christ as Savior on Friday night so went in. If you looked at them, they probably looked just like they did before they got saved. The body never changed. In many cases, deeds never changed. Because it's a spiritual birth. When God says we get to heaven, He's going to reward us for what we've done. Because in the eyes of man, he may not see nothing miraculously in your life. What are these divine attributes of your life that really sets you apart from that lost man? You may never see any change whatsoever. Though we may look for them with our little glasses and because we're looking for certain things, we can be wrong in our judgment. Wouldn't it be a shame? For us to examine Peter Amato and come to the conclusion, he's not saved. So how do you know? Well, he wouldn't wear that tie if he was really saved. He wouldn't got a haircut. I think it's too short. He must not be saved. He's wearing glasses. That's a sign of imperfection. Left mine at home. And you can be wrong in your judgment. You know, the only way that I believe... That Peter Amato is a saved man is because he told me he was accepting the payment Christ made on him for him alone. And he was trusting Christ as his Savior. And that's the only evidence. You see, the saved man, the lost man, can have the same evidences in their life. Both love the Lord. Both can love their children. Both can love their wives. Both can have good jobs. Both do everything right they know to do. They both go to church. They both give money. But there's only one thing that will get them to heaven. If he doesn't trust Christ as Savior, does he go? Then all this other stuff doesn't matter, does it? Because the lost man does everything that the Christian does. There's only one thing that separates them. One of them trusted the Lord. One of them didn't. The only reason you're going to heaven is because you've trusted Christ as your Savior. How you live your life after you're saved, yes, you have a wonderful, loving, heavenly Father that might beat the tar out of you because He loves you. Maybe take you home before your time, but you see, your salvation depends upon what Christ did for you. Fifty-two years after I trusted Christ as my Savior, how I have lived or whatever I've done and accomplished, that is no proof that I've ever trusted Christ as my Savior. But I do believe this. I believe that if you love your wife, there ought to be an evidence. I believe if you love your kids, there ought to be evidence. I believe if I love the Lord, there ought to be evidence. But you see, whether I do or not, you can have the evidence, but God's the one that knows whether or not you really love. Can you have all the signs that you love your wife at the same time you're running around on her? Can a man be an assistant coach? 
and give the impression he loves those little boys? Oh, he really did. But wicked. But in the eyes of others, wonderful individual. So can people be wrong? Did not they try to present evidence for a jury to come up to a conclusion, decision? We're always looking for evidence. And all I know is, I want the world to know that I love my Father. That's why I do what I do. But the evidence that I give to you may not suffice you. In some people's eyes, that might be good. In some people's eyes, they could care less how you live or the standards that you have. Or whether or not you go to the right church or you pray enough or you give enough money. So the Bible says some wonderful things. I got something I wanted to share with you, but it's, it's too close to the end time. I'm talking about my time up there. That I'm not going to be able to do an adequate job. And so I might just cover that tonight. But it goes along with what I'm saying right now. It's the other part of my message. But it only takes about 15 minutes. But I think I better not try to attempt that which is beyond my ability to perform. I do want to explain this to you. If you're here this morning and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior. See, I'm not denying the fact you may love God. You may worship God. Baba talks about people that did. And you may love your family. You may love your kids. Try to be the best mom and dad in the whole world you can be. That's commendable. That, that's wonderful. But we're not talking about how good you live your life. We're talking about how to go to heaven. To go to heaven, you've got to be perfect. Nobody's perfect. There's only one that's perfect, and that's God. Look up here. Let me show you this. This hand represents you and me. This wallet represents everything we've done that's wrong. We've all sinned. So God says because of sin, and that's the evidence, we got an old sinful nature. Why do I do all these bad things? Because you got a sinful nature. It's your nature. Why does a dog bark? It's the nature of the dog to bark. But wouldn't it be a shame to tell the dog, Dog, you stop acting like a dog, and I'll make you a chicken. When can the dog stop acting like a dog? That's why there's preachers that tell people, stop your sinning. Turn from all of your sin. Don't sin anymore. You're right. Nobody can do that. It's impossible. You can't turn from your sins. Why? It's on the inside. That's the nature that you have. That's why you do all those bad things. You can pick the apples off the tree, but that doesn't change it from being an apple tree. But God so loved the world. He loves you. He loves me. He hates what we do wrong. And for us to pay for this sin is eternal separation from God and hell. And Jesus said, He's looking for the fruits of righteousness, and there aren't any. He's looking for perfection. There aren't any. So He says, He's going to lay the axe to the root of the tree. It means He cuts down every tree that's not perfect. That's why the wages of sin is death. That's why we're all going to die. And because of that, we're all condemned to hell. So there is no hope for man by man. You can't stop it. You can't change it. You can't help it. You're in a heap of trouble. And this is what God did for us. See, God says he wants us to go to heaven. But to go to heaven, you've got to be perfect, as righteous as God. None of us are perfect. 
We've all done things wrong. Nobody's good enough. So God says you cannot save yourself. People have heard about this all their life. Let this hand represent Jesus Christ. He's the Lord. God in the flesh. He came into the world because He loves us. He hates our sin because it separates us from Him. So Jesus Christ, who had no sin, didn't have to die. So He didn't have to be cut down. So why did He die? Well, it's very simple. He took our sins and died in our place. Paid for all of our sins, came back from the dead, and God said that if we would believe, He did it for us. Now, if He had told you to stand on your head and spit wooden nickels, you'd try it. Aren't you glad He didn't tell you to do something hard and complicated? All He says, this is all you have to do to go to heaven, is will you believe that I pay for your sins? You see, if I believe He paid for my sins, I'm not trying to pay for my sins. See, I'm not going to church to try to pay for my sins. You know, if I do enough good, it'll pay for the bad. I'm not giving money to pay for my sins. I'm not trying to pray to pay for my sins. I'm not doing anything to pay for my sins. I'm not doing anything to try to earn my way to heaven. I'm going to heaven because of what Christ did. Christ paid for my sins. And if I believe He did it for me, He puts the payment to my account, and I go to heaven on what Christ did. You got it? You got it? You go like this. You go like this. There you go. It works. Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed and every eye closed. No one looking around. If you're here this morning and perhaps you have never trusted Christ as your Savior, I want you to understand you don't have to live the life. You don't have to promise to live a Christian life. You don't have to promise God you're going to stop anything or join anything. Friend, that would just make you a religious hypocrite. Christ died for your sins. The only way you'll ever get to heaven is to believe He did it for you. You don't have to join this church. You don't have to give any money. I don't want anything from you. I want you to receive something. You see, the Lord offers you eternal life as a gift. And if you accept it, you would have it. Will you believe it? With head bowed and eyes closed and no one looking around, if you were here this morning and say, Preacher, that made sense to me, and I will trust Christ as my Savior right now. Friend, I'd love to know it. I'd love to have prayer for you. And I'm going to ask you in just a moment to slip your hand up. Raising your hand does not save you. It just lets me know that what I said made sense. And you said, that made sense to me, and I'm going to trust Christ as my Savior. Is there anyone at all before we close? Just slip it up very quickly and put it right back down and say, that made sense to me. Yes, God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, sir. God bless you. I appreciate that. Anyone else? Just slip it up very quickly. So that me, I'm not going to have you forward, not going to embarrass you. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. Are there others? Yes, God bless you, sir. God bless you. Anyone else? See, if you trust Christ right now as your Savior, God said He would save you right now, give you eternal life, and you can know that you're going to heaven when you die because He loves you so much. Anyone else before we close? Our Father, we thank you so much for the free gift of eternal life. You love us so much. And Lord, I thank you for each one of these that by an uplifted hand have indicated that they would trust Christ as their Savior. We know that when they do so, you promised in your word to give them eternal life and that they would become your child, that you'd never cast them out and never lose them. 
We thank you so much for all you've done for us and for giving it to us in such a way that we can have it and understand it. It's free. And that you'll never take and cast us out, never lose us. And Father, we can know that we're going to heaven. Thank you so much. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Telling someone how to go to heaven is the greatest thing we can do in this life. To prepare you, Pastor Yankee Arnold is offering you his book, Gospel Driven Man, absolutely free. Gospel Driven Man explains in simple steps how to successfully share the gospel. To get your free copy of Gospel Driven Man, write to Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Or email Yankee Arnold at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.